Coming up, MLB championships getting heated as we speak. Julio Jones coming back? Where is James Harden? And UFC 294 tomorrow night. That and more coming up. CP Sports, keep it locked. Hello, everybody, and welcome to CP Sports as usual. I am your host, Chris, alongside my co-host, Mike. Yo. Happy Friday and uh, happy Spider-Man 2 day. As everybody knows, or everybody should know, Spider-Man 2 came out today. Yeah, go get it. Mike can't even play it because he's only got a PS4. Hey. What? <laughs> Anyway, we got a jam-packed show for you today. Um, We'll be talking about the NLCS, ALCS, the Cowboys, and Julio Jones finally signs with another team. Texans, James Harden not showing up to practice. Where are you at? Victor Wimbenyama, impressing. New NBA player participation policy. All-star games might go back to East versus West. As you heard, UFC 294, along with uh, a major wrestler, old wrestler at that. <laughs> tenure, tenure. <laughs> he finally tenure. claims he's retiring. Find out when. Judgment Day ends up uh, upsetting. NWA gets a TV deal. We got an update on that. We covered it last week. But- oh, yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it. So Philly is pumped for Red October, and the Phillies are continuing to fire it up. In an attempt to return to the World Series, Philadelphia win their first two, with their second one being the most dominant NLCS game in a long time, winning 10-0. to Game two saw Kyle Schwerber. Blast two home runs to tie the great Reggie Jackson with 18 in the postseason by a left-handed batter. Despite hitting 19 homers in the last eight playoff games, yesterday's game was very different. Game three saw Arizona pick up the slack, leaving Philly scoreless until the seventh. Same goes for the Phillies as both teams left it all out on the mound. Bryce Harper stole home after a wild pitch from Thompson that went far right, putting the Phillies up 1-0 at the top of the seventh. The Diamondbacks match Philly at the bottom with the score from Alec Thomas off a double from Guerrero Jr. In a nail-biter of a game, the backs load the bases at the bottom of the ninth. Cartel Martel takes the plate with two doubles already under his belt in this game. He strikes on the first pitch, but boom, Martel singles down the center for the walk-off victory. Diamondbacks look to tie the series tonight at 7 on TBS. I hate to say it, I really do. I mean, I have a, you know, I don't like Philadelphia for obvious reasons, right? <laughs> <coughs> but You love the Eagles, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it looks like Phillies, um, they do look like they're going to go back to the World Series. Um, they had a close matchup in game one, uh, but when Phillies entered that game two, they went on a mission and they shut out the Diamondbacks at the same time dropping 10 points on 11 hits. I feel like they scored four in the sixth inning. They scored four in the seventh inning. If they could do that game in and game out against the Diamondbacks, I don't feel like Arizona has a chance, uh, to even make it a game. 
Well, see, I thought the same thing going into yesterday's game. Right. And Arizona shut them down. It looks like they brought the. Um, they probably brought brought their good pitchers back, or they had a different lineup on on the pitchers because. What they were doing in game one and two obviously wasn't working. They had to change things up mm. on game three, and they did well the adjustments. Uh, it got more of a defensive battle, tied going one one into the ninth inning. So I feel we like we got to think also that the the home factor or the home plays a factor, like playing at home. Uh, so. I mean, it's, you 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 want to think that way, but when you look at the uh, playoffs this series, I mean this round, all the road teams have been winning. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think any of the home teams have been winning on their on their field. So right now, that that goes out the window. Right now, it does. Uh, you could say the same thing about the other side of the, of the uh, you know conference. But. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I mean, the Astros they showed up finally again. So that was, that actually surprised me that the the Rangers won two in the first place. I thought it was going to be. Either Rangers or Astros, and then boom, the next one would be the next yeah, team. Yeah, they had a 2-0 lead. You know that third game? They, I mean, when you have Astros on on like the brink of like a, a, not elimination, but almost to it. Yeah, you you, you want to capitalize on that? They're a very dangerous team. Uh, so we'll just move on to the ALCS. Yeah, the Silver Boot rivalry unfolds before our eyes. The Texas Showdown on the grandest stage, and it didn't disappoint. Yep. The Rangers kick off the series with two hard-fought wins that came down to the mound as we predicted. Game three, the Astros, who hold the best away record, hit the road to Arlington, hoping to add to said record, which they did. Scoring three runs early in the second, the Astros show they won't go down without a fight. After attacking another in the third and fourth, Texas played catch-up all game, bringing it in two runs, bringing it to two runs at the bottom of the fifth off a Josh Jung home run. Jung hit another homer, adding two points once again in the seventh after the Astros ticked on their own two runs. Both teams get one last run in the eighth as defending champs Houston Astros give Rangers their first L this postseason. Damn. And then yesterday, the Astros then kept the momentum going right out the gate. Altuve doubled, Dubon singles, Bregman triples, sending both of them home, and Alvarez singles to Bregman, or singles giving Bregman the score, putting Houston up 3-0 during the first four at-bats. Rangers were able to bring the game within one point at the bottom of the second, but would get their last run with a homer from um, Abreu. No, that was from the Astros. Oh, from Texas. Oh, uh, Seager, right? Yeah, there you go, Seager. That guy's my boy. Yeah, at the bottom of the third. So the Astros, they just continued to fire up the Rockets and got ready to take off on the top of the fourth. Maldonado gets a run off the fly from Alvarez, and Abreu hits a three-run homer on the next at-bat. Fast forward to the seventh, McCormick belts two, a two-run homer. Astros would score again in the eighth, destroying the Rangers 10-3, bringing the series to a tie, and they will meet today at four on FS1. 
as this series continues <laughs> to heat up. Yeah, it's lo- it's re- it's looking really good right now. Um, you know, like I said, you know, the Rangers they took care of business game one and two. They had that two zero lead, but uh, unfortunately, that ump being streak in the postseason came mm. to a screeching halt in game three. Uh, when the Astros came back with a vengeance, they call that field their home away from home. So yeah, so and they made it known. <laughs> <laughs> what they beat them eight five in a game that seemed like uh, Astros were in control the entire time. So mm-hmm. these heavy hitters exactly. of Houston, the heavy hitters, they're on full display. They recorded twelve base hits throughout the game. Uh, that Rangers veteran pitcher Max Scherzer struggled in his return to the diamond. I figured he would, man. I don't know why they put him first, but I guess putting him first was probably the, their best bet to try and save the game. But it just didn't happen that way. Yeah, I don't. It was a big time game. I know he's a vet, but you, I mean, you can't just put him in there like that as for his first game back. Yeah, he's been he. That was his uh, postseason debut. Yeah, this and year we were. I was looking at him before he was playing, and um, when I saw him, I'm like, "What? Rangers got him?" So like. The Astros, they rocked them multiple times throughout the game, which at the time looked like the damage had been done and Rangers, you know, they couldn't make a comeback. The momentum was entirely in Houston's favor, which, you know, uh, like Chris said, it, it continued to game four as Astros went on a tirade, scoring nine runs it by was the crazy. seventh inning. I mean, the Rangers had it tied at three, but they could not match the firepower Houston continued to pour on. Altuve hit... Ten, uh, hit um, Two, two base hits to get to score two uh, runs and Rangers just they need to get the lead in the beginning fast they they had that 4-0 uh, first inning score I think it was in game two I believe uh, they need those types of games they can't play catch up against Houston and that's exactly what Dusty Baker wants uh, so pivotal game five today at 4 p.m. Well, well, it's at four oh seven. I don't know. It says four oh seven on there. Four oh seven. Got seven, mi- seven minutes yeah, to get I everything just said situated because it's it's more simple right. that way. Get everything situated, right? Seven minutes to get your chips and get your beers. You know, seven minutes. You know, pretty sure whoever wins this game though will mo- most likely win the series. But it's been exciting. You know, I, I got me I got me a Rangers hat. You know, I'm loving this. Oh, I'm nice, loving it. nice. I, I'm loving it. I need to get me a new Rangers hat. Mine's all. Old and jacked the, up. Yeah, at the end of the day, Texas is gonna be on top anyway. Even if Rangers lose, I get. I mean, you know, I'll be room for Astros. And, <laughs> you know, we still. You know, they got they got the collateral right there. We good. We good. Yeah. Well, like you said, they're definitely hurting at the mound. They've been since the near the end of the season. Right. Um, Scherzer came back. I was hoping to see Scherzer and um, Verlander, but apparently. Uh, Justin Verlander might be there for for this next game. Yeah. So so that's what I'm thinking. That's one thing that I'm a little scared about. We we'll need, see well, what happens. Rangers won the games that Verlander played in. So I think him coming back is good for the Rangers. But we need Montgomery. They to could come end back. up exposing him like they like um, the Astros did Scherzer since he yeah. had just came back. So you could be right. the 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 game that Montgomery didn't pitch for the Rangers is the game they lost. And if Montgomery comes back for Game 5, they're going to have a way better chance of winning this game. Montgomery's been undefeated ever since he's pitched for the Rangers in the postseason. He didn't play Game 3 or Game 4. I know he's going to play Game 5. So they need Montgomery back. And I forgot, they need some other pitcher. He's also good. And he hasn't played either. So I'm pretty sure they're going to bring those pitchers back Game 5 because they know this is a must-win game. So, you know, it's going to be more of a defensive battle. I see this game 4-3 Rangers today. 
That's what it might four three. Yeah, four three. That sounds like a good one. I I would say five three. And who? Let's go one up. Uh, I'll, I'll go Astro. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Hopefully not. <laughs> I don't see the Astros. I I say the the Rangers. I don't see them hitting season. hitting like that a third time in a row. Like I don't know, man. The Astros. They do stuff are like they that sometimes. In Houston? So. Or are they no, they're in- they're playing in their home away from home again. Uh, they play good there, dude. Yeah, apparently. Uh, Altuve loves that place. Yeah, they say that uh, they they hit more home runs there. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I think uh, last season or was it no, not last season. This season, I believe, was almost twelve home runs a game in the last couple uh, games they had over there at that field. Dang. Well. Since we're on the topic of some Texas teams right now, oh, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and move move. Yeah, speaking of Arlington, we'll move to the Cowboys. So you know, I don't have to worry about having a heart attack this week. <laughs> they were on prime time again, but this time on Monday, <laughs> they um they took care of business. They took care of business, and I, I do appreciate that on a Monday night game. You know, Dak played good. He did. But yeah, I the think, D- Dallas looked to redeem themselves after that grueling loss against the 49ers. Oh, don't even remind me about that. <laughs> it seems like McCarthy is having trouble still managing the time, and I don't like that. It does seem that way, but uh, like you said, Dak was coming off the worst game of his career, and the Cowboys went into SoFi Stadium knowing this game was detrimental to their trajectory this season. Dak answered the call, throwing 21 for 30 with 272 yards and a touchdown along with a rushing TD. There were no interceptions this time around, and the Cowboys defeat the Chargers 20 to 13. Yep. Oh, wait. No. Or no. 2017. Yeah, 17. Excuse me. That was the the next one, the Texans. 2017. Yeah, Uh, it was a good match. I mean, Chargers. No, it's it's 2023. You don't remember so anyway, not, <laughs> I, it was a good game. I feel like Chargers are a good team that are just coached so badly. And I, you know, I thought McCarthy was not that great. But when you look at how Staley uh, coaches them, they are not making good decisions on the Chargers end either because they could. Yeah, the won. Chargers uh, aren't playing like I I remember. They're not. They're, they can be so much better. And you know, I like Herbert. You know, he's good. I don't want don't waste his, his young his uh you know his first years being on a dumb team. At least get some you know. You know have, what I think they the have all the firepower is... in the world. They have the be- like Keenan Allen. They have Eckler. They have, oh yeah. They have a uh, you know the yeah hundred freaking Eckler. They have all these people for, for Keenan Allen. Screw both. <laughs> well, no, not, not like that. You know, I, I like them too, but they screwed me yeah. up in it, fantasy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this week, this week, I don't have to worry about having. Uh, you know, the heart attack because Cowboys they on a buy. So, uh, but you still got uh, what's his name from the Eagles as your quarterback, Hurts. Uh, he, he, so you might still have a heart. He better stop throwing them picks. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep it short and simple. You know, at least thoughts as far as our next matchup, the Rams. Uh, should be a good game, and we should win. Mm-hmm. You know. You don't, you don't you don't want to count out you the know, Rams ever. My, my issue with the Cowboys is I don't that O line doesn't look the same anymore. Yeah, they they um like Dak has to scramble quite a bit to to extend plays and make plays. 
And I think that's probably their biggest issue is that O-line right now because... They're banged up. Yeah, if they weren't so banged up, I feel like uh, there'd be more production from Dak because he's... Yeah, he used to move around and extend the play, but he's getting older now, and he tends to stay in the pocket more often, and now he can't because he has nobody to protect him. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. They're banged up. They're getting older. I mean, we did build the, the great... O line that we ever had, and they're just—it's just getting older now, and we, you know, we got to make adjustments. And yeah, Dak ended up saying after the game too that they talked last week, and um, they talked about not allowing this thing to landslide. And he said, "Quote: When you do get this win, like we did, we can definitely move on." Which I believe they can move on. Uh, There was a lot of uncertainty behind Dak with the picks last week. I'm just gonna say it was just a tough game yeah everybody has their tough games their bad games so i feel like they could have done better in that game that i was disappointed with that game i really was but they bounce back this week they get a bye they get some rest and like you said they're gonna meet the rams yeah they're gonna play the rams and you know you can't count them out they're they're, they're coached well and you know yeah Stafford is known to play good against the Cowboys. So uh, with cutback, you know, Puka establishing himself, it's going to be important that the Dallas defense gives Stafford no time to get things into high gears. As far as offense, we need to play our players the way we know we can, avoid getting Aaron Donald involved and make his presence non-existent. Screw the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) I hope hope they lose to the Dolphins this week. That's going to be a good game. Screw the Eagles. Well, since uh, he wants to bring up the Eagles and we're talking (laughs) Philly, uh, so Julio Jones Cowboys goes to the Cowboys rival Philadelphia Eagles as they just added more depth to their chart, acquiring the seventeenth or the seven-time Pro Bowler Uh, Jones inked a one-year deal with Philly and will now reunite with former teammates AJ Brown and um, Zacchaeus. Uh, when asked uh, how much he had left, though, by a reporter, Julio Jones replied, quote, have left? Keep watching. I'm not going to make expectations, but keep watching, and I can show you. We'll revisit this question, end quote. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> you still think he has that gas uh, left in that tank? I mean, what is this? Obviously, the coaches do. What is this? What, what is this? You're... you're 2015 or what? Like, you're just mad because they have Julio Jones and now you're scared. I'm sure Julio might have signed contract and got hurt doing that. <laughs> That's messed up. In all, but in all seriousness, uh, in all seriousness, I feel like this sign wasn't so necessary. I mean, I mean, sure, they, they have uh, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown. They, do they need help? Is that what the sign indicated? Do they need help? I, I say that Julio just brings eyes. So people are going to double team Julio. They're going to they're gonna try and stop Julio, which is gonna open more right routes. So yeah, is, is this to open the passing game even wider? I know Julio can't play a lot. I'm sure he'll he'll probably be out there maybe once or twice every couple drives. But you never know. Maybe one Julio-esque play is something that they're looking for, and that could you know change the game. Uh, but in my opinion, Eagles didn't really need another receiver. But hey, I'm not a pro coach, so I might not know everything. But one thing's for sure, you know, Dolphins say uh, Chase. Faithful was something, and I feel like that didn't make sense either. 
So I, I don't know. This signing is uh, has a lot of question marks, but maybe it's going to create a lot of exclamation points. So I did want to bring up in this one that um, Nicole Hardman actually got traded back to the the Chiefs. Oh yeah, I saw that. So I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I say people should pick him up in their fantasy league if they don't have him. The Chiefs do need more threats downfield, and I feel like he's yeah. probably going to be the one they go to. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I guess Mahomes is like, dude, these receivers are trash. Give me someone. <laughs> give me someone that I can play with. Yep, he missed Nicole apparently. Yeah, I mean, whatever Mahomes wants, they get him. I, mean, I don't know exactly what. what uh, who they traded for or anything like that. I don't have the specifics right now. I think it was, I think it was a pick, I think. Is that what it was? Okay. And um, did you hear about, um, what's his name, from uh, from the Colts, the quarterback. He's having uh, the career ending or season ending. Career ending? That's yeah, best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he had a season ending um, surgery. surgery. Yeah. They got Gardner Mishu now. So now it might be a little bit easier for them Texans. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, we still got the Jags to worry about. Hey. But they did hey. beat them. Screw the Jags. They did beat them this year already. <laughs> yeah, they did. They yeah. did. But um, I feel like that was Jags on a bad day because. I always thought the Jags were going to be a lot better than they were in that game, and they have been since then. So I I just chalk it up to a bad game. They're still pretty evenly matched, but we'll see what happens when they meet the, oh, yeah. uh, later this season. Yeah, they did play yesterday, actually, against the Saints. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I really thought the Saints were going to take that. Well, they they came back actually. They were down uh, two scores in the fourth quarter. And yeah, that was quite disappointing. I didn't see them being down by two scores. I I thought maybe at least one score. They want then they had they converted a two point conversion as well to get that that le- the the game back into a you know a winning mm. uh, field. But you know the Jags they they were one and two and now they're five and two. So they're uh, yeah they're looking good. They're on they're on something else right now. I, I do like I do like the Jags. Doug Peterson has them going good. Trevor Lawrence is playing better. Etienne's running the ball great. They have some yeah. uh, fast people. Christian Kirk made that breakaway touchdown in the fourth quarter to get that lead back. That tight end on the Saints. So anyway, <laughs> speaking of the Saints and the Texans, we'll end this report with the Texans as they take on the Saints at NRG Stadium. Coming off a devastating loss that ended in a last-minute field goal against Atlanta. Houston went home knowing this was a must-win game. Unfortunately, CJ Stroud's no-pick streak came to an end. What? But it was all good because they fumbled it after. So oh, Texas no, take, got the ball back. They, <laughs> take, yeah, take away the interception now. <laughs> yeah, take that away. It, it doesn't count. Cancels out. He, he didn't even keep the ball. That was cool. <laughs> Uh, he still threw for uh, 199 yards and two touchdowns, but the de- defense is what took care of the rest, holding the Saints to 13, bullying Camaro when it counted, and shutting them down in the red zone. This Texans defense paved the way for their 20-13 victory over the Saints. This kind of performance is probably what I expected from them against the Falcons. It kind of was... But like I said, I wanted I thought it was gonna be close with the Texans coming on top. Uh, they turned that L into a lesson though and bounced back this week. The defense was looking tighter and more aggressive. You could tell they were having fun. It's like Coach Ryan said, 
when the game was on the line and we needed it the most, guys stepped up. Adding to what he went on to say was, quote, It's a tough win in this league, but it was awesome to see the way the guys grinded it out, the way they stepped up right at the end. And towards, end quote, and towards the end of the, uh, last week's game, the defense couldn't stop the Falcons. This, this week, they were able to close it out. I've seen nothing but growth from the Texans, and if they continue to play this way, I say they still stay in contention for the AFC South. If, if they don't win a division, uh, are they going to maybe get a wild card, you think? I think it's a possibility. And uh, if they continue to, to grow the way they're growing, I say that they do stay in contention for the wild card. Whatever D'Amico Ryan's doing in there, he, he's doing like everything right. He's he's making he's turning that whole franchise around. Right well, now. I know I was reading that uh, after Stroud threw that pick, he was you could tell he was like you could even see it in the game. He was kind of worried, you know. He had that look on his face, but Coach Ryan's shouted out to him, "You got this," and he ended up reiterating that he had said that, saying that. Um. The thing is, your players are expecting certain responses from you. And if you give them a certain response or an encouraging response, as he did, you know, they instill that trust in you. And then they trust and believe in themselves as well, which is a a great way to think about it. You know, D'Amico Ryans was a player himself. So I feel like him being able to relate to the players makes it a lot better for this Texans team and they're more motivated to play for him just like people are starting to be more motivated to play for Stroud right and yeah I think Stroud was the best pick of the quarterbacks this year uh Carolina I don't know why they picked Bryce Young (laughs) and they will meet after this bye so there's no uh Texas NFL football this week sad day very unfortunate speaking of top quarterback draft picks Caleb Williams uh, got his first L for the season as he uh, lost against Notre Dame he threw less than 200 yards and he threw three picks uh, limiting the usual uh, USC offense what is going on exactly Um, I feel like he's got his head in the clouds right now being this number one draft pick that's coming up and he's not focusing at the work at hand maybe you're right i mean some of these players they already have so much on their mind and just the fact of knowing that you're gonna be in the draft next season i'm sure that does play a toll on your mental so you could be right yeah i don't know if y'all heard about what he was like saying the other day no i didn't hear what what was he saying so He's talking to NFL, right? And he's saying if the NFL team that drafts him. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. He wants an he wants owner stake. <laughs> he wants he wants a like a owner like shares. He wants yeah, he wants owner shares of the team. Part owner of the team that that, that drafts him. That's crazy. As a as a uh, I guess a uh, a perk in the contract. I mean, if he were to get it, this could set a precedent for upcoming contracts. It doesn't even make sense, really, because he's still a rookie. He hasn't even proved himself on the field. Why would you give him any stake? It's what I feel like. It took Tom Brady seven Super Bowl rings to get ownership for the Raiders. And this guy wants it straight out 
mm. college. Not even one game. And why would an NFL hasn't team even give him ownership just yet. when he hasn't even won a game for the game for the team that he want that they're going to draft him? And then on top of that, like you said, his performance was kind of lackluster this past week. Yeah, so. he he needs to focus on the game that he's playing in college. He needs to stop doing the Wendy's commercials. Stop painting his nails and get <laughs> on the field and play the game. Well, speaking of not college the game. football. <laughs> oh, wow. Not playing. <laughs> uh, speaking of college football and the Cowboys playing primetime, primetime Deion Sanders. What do you think about Colorado going into this week, especially coming off of another L last week? It was an implosion. It was a, a complete implosion. They blew a 29-0 lead to Stanford. I had that game on. I was looking at it when it was 29-0. I'm like, oh, nice. Colorado putting the work in. He, he, he. I, I, I was like, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to get ready for bed, right? See you in the morning. I wake up. I find out they lose that game. They lost it in double overtime. How? How does that even happen? <laughs> what a game, though. I love games that go into overtime. It just gets your heart pumping. You're sitting there at the edge of your seat. You're just waiting for it to happen. It's like when it was like Stanford scores their first touchdown 29-7 and then they were just on a momentum drive after that. Uh I I feel like I think they did a 93-yard uh touchdown pass. Colorado defense obviously needs work, but blowing a 29-0 lead, were they trying to one up the Atlanta Falcons or what? <laughs> so man, but no matter how the team is doing, Dion is winning. The opponents they play are winning. They're getting more publicity, more attention, which is good for the players as well because more mm-hmm. scouts will be in attendance. So bringing it's always in more be players winning. at that, just wanting to play for Dion. Yeah, so. it's always going to be a winning uh, situation for Dion. But on paper, the record is <laughs> it says you're losing, man. So yeah, I think they're like ranked ninth in Pac-12. That's terrible. Wasn't there nine teams? No. <laughs> <laughs> is there nine teams? It's the Pac-12. What do you uh, think? <laughs> it's funny, man. I, I uh. swear. they. I feel like Travis Hunter needs to choose what he's going to be playing. He can't be playing cornerback and wide receiver the whole game and split his focus and tire himself out. He needs to focus on one position, and I think that's what's killing them uh, a lot also is because he's one of the better players on that team, and He's, they're not getting 100% from him just because he's not being able to rest. Yeah, man, I didn't really buy into the Colorado hype from the beginning. Uh, they were, what, they only had, like, what, one win last season? They were 1-11 last season. Yeah, so one win last season. Dion came and turned the whole thing around, but I didn't believe he would turn it around to where they would be in contention for anything. Uh, that's... Not knocking Dion or, right, or the right, team, right. but I just, it's not going to be boom overnight, even though it seemed yeah. that way at first. Yeah, it's year one. It's year one. Yeah. Know. So I, but Colorado is definitely going to continue to improve. Players are going to want to play there just because Dion, and they're just going to continue to get better. They were missing in that second half. What? Wait, you know who else is missing though? <laughs> uh, James Harden. Uh, Where is that guy? I don't know. They say that uh, he's missed practice with no explanation. And then he missed another practice just yesterday. 
And finally, the team said that it was for personal reasons. They they didn't really uh, reiterate on that. Like they didn't expand on it. But there's speculation as to what's going on since Harden has been frustrated for months and wishes to be traded to the Clippers. They're said to be in talks, but there's still a sizable gap there. I mean, they didn't put an air tag on that guy or something. We'll find out where he at. <laughs> air tag. Where is he at? Well, I, I, I saw... Did, wait, he's in Houston, right? That's what I heard. Yeah, apparently he's been in Houston for the past three days. I don't know exactly what's going on, but um, nobody does right now. So Personal reasons. Yeah, that's all they said. Personal reasons. Fancy word for strip club. That's what I think. But that's just me assuming. <laughs> Fancy word for strip club. <laughs> Is Harden known to uh, partake in the strip club? He, he dabbles quite uh, quite fondly in, in the Houston area. They, Sounds like someone I know. Um, moving on. So Harden, uh, he's been in contract with the Sixers, uh, you know, through the general manager Elton Brand as uh, recently as Tuesday. Yeah, he got mad, right? I think it was because he thought he earned that contract, but they only extended him or something like that. Yeah, right? I mean, come on. He, so he wants to get traded to the Clippers, right? Something like that. Uh, an offer that would include Terrence Mann, an uh, unprotected future Clippers pick, a pick swap and salary filler, but the Clippers refused to include Mann in a deal. Yeah. And Harden said uh, they're being too selfish, right? He's he's so delusional. <laughs> I, I mean, this is like what the third or fourth time he's done this. He's he's just not want to play with the team anymore. Yeah, you're right. Is it? It seems to be uh, how do they say pattern? It's an ongoing issue with this guy. He's not the player he used to be. He can't be pulling these strings anymore. And you know, they said that if they want to, the Clippers want to make a trade. To include, uh, I'm sorry. If Philly wants to make a trade, Clippers, they said to include Paul George if they were so attached to Man in their future picks. So Harden, however, reportedly believes that Maury is being unreasonable by not accepting the Clippers' mm-hmm. offer. And how how is that being unreasonable? He's still, you know, a decent talent. So you're gonna want decent talent back. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. At this point, I would be I would be um. Just take the high road, trade Harden for something before he becomes a free agent, and then you get nothing for him. Because this guy is just cancer right now. To every every team he goes to, he just doesn't feel like playing anymore when things don't go his way. But he's a liar, and he's calling Maury a liar. So it's just two liars. Like it's not gonna end uh, well. Yeah, there's obviously some burn bridges that's gonna occur, and he just Harden. Just- yeah, I feel like their their relationship is unrepairable at this point, and. They just need to go on and get that trade done. I see it happening sooner rather than later, actually, yeah. You know, on the topic of um, an NBA player who was formerly based out of Texas, someone who was just welcome to Texas, San Antonio, Texas, that is, Victor Wembanyama made his home debut this preseason. Aw, ye. This past Friday, Wemby stepped onto his home court, putting up 23 in his 23 minutes played. He was 10 for 15 at the field goal range and had four rebounds with three blocks for the Spurs' 120-84 to 
104 win over the Heat. Oh yeah. Now San Antonio rested Wembanyama for the next one and brought him back out on Wednesday where Wemby sank 15 points with a pair of threes, six rebounds, and two blocks. Before that though, his first outing was against OKC and he racked up 20 points also with a pair of threes, oh, five yeah. rebounds, and two steals with a block in 19 minutes. With this projection that he, or this way he's playing, I feel like his projection is just gonna get higher and higher and higher. Right. You know what? You know what time it is? It's Wemby time. <laughs> he's gonna be a content machine. He'll and he will be plenty visible this season in NBA's marketing efforts. San Antonio, they're going to play 19 games on national TV this year. Oh, 18 more than last season. Finally. And the preseason games are even getting bumped up to bigger audiences. Because everyone wants to see Wemby play, which is wild, even to his teammates. They have a preseason game on NBA TV with the Spurs. So, you know, every, everybody wants to tune in. He's already got a few highlights that went viral. Ooh, nutmeg. Ooh, he oh, got that. Oh, yeah, that nutmeg. Man. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, block. Oh, three-pointer. 21 minutes to play. Drop in. Uh, 15.6 rebound, two blocks. His his gameplay is just so versatile, man. Yeah, he did that behind-the-back dish out when he was uh, jumping oh, out Oh, yeah, bounds. that was nice. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be a star, man. I, he, he's he got star written all over him. Yeah, it's 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 must-see TV, and I'm definitely going to watch Spurs game, see this guy, and just see how really tall this guy is. What is it like? One more preseason game, or is it two more before the, I the think regular it's two season? or one? But I feel like he's not gonna play anymore. But we'll nah, see. I don't think he's gonna play anymore. We'll see what happens though. It's gonna be lit. You know, speaking of stars, the NBA Board of Governors approved a new player participation policy. This policy allows the league to find teams for resting star players. For example, any all-star or all-NBA in any of the last three seasons. Star players need to be available for nationally televised matches and um, in the in-season tournament games. There will be expectations for players, or exceptions, excuse me, for players 35 or older with any heavy workloads. Yeah, I think this is good for the league. A lot of people, you know, they save up their hard-earned money to watch these players play, and then when they come to the game and they re- realize they're not playing, you know, that just that sucks. You know, they they come to watch these players, and yeah, I, I get the the whole premise behind it, but you don't think they'll get backlash from the players? These guys are like taken care of by like multi-million, you know, facilities, you know, medical staff, trainers. Like, there there's no reason for them to be not playing. They, they they're being paid all this money to play. And when you don't play, I feel like you're not holding up to your end of the bargain of this job. Yeah. It's a job to them. It's basically they're calling in. And they're not even like... Yeah, you're right. And like they need to come and, and, and work, basically. Mm-hmm. And like these people pay to see you. They pay a lot of money. A lot and of, then like, to see you sit sit on the bench is, is the most disappointing part when someone goes to see... Even if it's just like a player. Because some people are just fans of players yeah yeah exactly like i i like a lot of players i don't like a lot of teams but i like players luka Doncic, you know kyrie irving and they they were fine the mavericks were fine 70 uh 750 000, uh last season mm-hmm. for you know the suspect player availability in in the uh, april loss to the chicago bulls they they um 
they had a chance to make the playoffs, but they didn't even play anybody. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. the Bulls too. Like they they lost. They didn't play uh, DeRozan or Zach Levine in that win. And you know, th- there's just a lot of teams that do this. Uh, Utah Jazz last year, they were also in play in contention. They didn't play uh, Laurie Markkinen, and Washington Wizards didn't play Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Portland, Portland didn't play Damian Lillard. Uh, Indiana didn't play Tyrese Halliburton. All these teams could have had a chance to make the play on the tournament, and they didn't play these players. So it's it's just the like what they said. It, it's it, it messes up the integrity of the game. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's I agree. something that should have been addressed a long time ago. This load management, thanks Kawhi. You know, <laughs> he. I, I, it's just something that we should not see. <laughs> There's a lot of players in the NFL that you play. Got something slick to say. <laughs> There's a lot of players in the NFL that play with with broken bones, basically, and they're always on the field playing. They'll play that with put their heart out there. Yeah, it takes a lot for an NFL player not to play in a game. A lot, mm. and just like to rest. I mean, you saw Trevor Lawrence last night. He was out there with the knee brace and everything. Yeah, they're gonna play. Like that's what they're paid to do. That's their job. And these NBA players have been, uh, you know, just softened up past couple years, rest for a couple days. Like, come on, really? You play like five games a week and you can't play? You can't play? Yeah, and then you think about it as if the stars are playing, people are going to tune in more, too. Exactly. So exactly. It, it works on both sides, not only with ticket sales and, and um, customers being happy. But also when it comes to being televised, you, you need those stars to to draw the fans in. Yeah, exactly. And this, you know, I'm glad they're doing this. The Triple P. That's what that is. The Triple P. That's what that is. The triple P. <laughs> Since, uh, you know, they have to be there for the in-season tournament games, how about you give us a little insight on that in-season tournament? Oh, God. This is another. So, you know what? I feel like it's. It's like a, it's, it sounds like a cash grab to me. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not sure how the players feel. I mean, it's not the Larry O'Brien. It's just, I, it's, I don't think it's uh, like I guess kind of a cash grab, but at the same time, they want something that people are going to tune into. Obviously, people are tuning out of the NBA games. Oh yeah, the regular so season is boring and long. Yeah, so they yeah, need I, more more eyes. So they're just trying to to throw a tournament together just smash it together yeah. and hope that people are going to tune in because it's a tournament for a championship or that's a title good, or that's whatever. That's a good point. I mean, it's a trophy with some cash. And why do we have to give the players more cash? Anyway, so... <laughs> you know, give me that cash. <laughs> we have a... You know, we have that extra championship that they win, but then, like, they lose in the first one of the playoffs. After. Like, it, I don't know. It doesn't make sense that well. Like, well, yeah, we won the, the midseason tournament, but we don't even make the playoffs. But yeah, that, like, that that is gonna look funny. So, but like, so let's get into it real quick. So, there's gonna be um, three groups in each conference uh, to determine each of those teams. The uh, 15 teams were divided into three groups of five. Um, they already have these teams already set. They chose how they placed it based on the record from the prior regular season. And each conference, one team from each pot was randomly selected into each of the three groups in that conference. So it's I don't know, it's kind of weird, but I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, so, I, I I don't know how this draw is weird. I don't, 
We'll see how it turns out, I guess. Yeah, so tournament nights will take place every Tuesday and Friday from November 3rd I guess we'll see more Spurs games that way, right? Because they'll be televised. Yeah, well, they're already going to be more televised because of Wendy. Yeah, So this is going to help them out and all that good stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I see the, the group right now, the Spurs, they're playing against the Warriors, the Wolves, the Thunder, and the Kings. Not so bad. Not Seems so like a, an even matchup in that little uh, West Sea wing, I guess they call it. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. And then West A would be the Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz, and Blazers. As for West B, Denver, Nuggets, the LA Clippers, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Rockets. What do you think about that one? Looks pretty uh, legit. I mean, I think I think a lot of players are gonna try to not play as hard. I think they they don't. You think so? I don't think they're gonna really care. So about they it. don't get hurt, right? Yeah. Like, what's the point of winning this championship? It's just yeah. for like to get another accolade. But like, I don't know. Maybe they like it. You know, maybe they like to compete. But I haven't seen mm-hmm. I haven't seen competition in the NBA in a long time, unless it's like the Western Conference Finals. But so for the uh, for this season, you know the the in season tournament prize pool, mm-hmm. uh, that will be allocated to the players on the teams that participate in the knockout rounds, which is the uh, elimination rounds okay. after the first rounds, uh, depending on how far a team progresses in the tournament. So at the end, NBA they're going to name a MVP of the competition and the all tournament team. And selection will be based on the player's performance in both group play and the knockout rounds. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I got MVP. Oh, oh, wait, you didn't let me finish. I got MVP of the of the of the of that tournament. <laughs> that in season tournament that didn't last. Uh, uh, <laughs> the in season tournament. I got MVP on that one. Oh, so you didn't get MVP of the whole season? No, just the in season tournament. <laughs> like, I just sounds kind of weird. I guess uh, it's something new, and maybe we're just trying to get used to it. But like in season tournament, and and then they have the you know they have the playing tournament now for the playoffs. And like they're just yeah, it's just they're just adding more things. I just feel like they're just trying to get more people to watch. They keep changing they're, they're, these things, right? They keep changing these yeah. things. And you know what? What what they shouldn't have changed? What the All Star Game format? Yeah. Speaking of that. Uh, it was revealed by Adam Silver on first take that in the same sit-down where he revealed the player participation policy with Stephen A., he uh, said there's going to be some changes coming to All-Star Weekend this year. When asked what kind of changes, Silver said maybe a return to something more traditional like East versus West as they're exploring that option. What do you think about East versus West possibly making a comeback? We need We need that. We actually need that East versus West. We're going. We're going back to the Adam uh, Silver actually had kind of the same kind of sentiments that you did about this playing tournament that, or even with the player participation is, you know, players aren't participating as much as they used to in the All Star games. Yeah. So it makes it like he said. It makes it a little more boring. You know. Uh, they want to see more competition. They don't have to play 100%. But some competition would be a lot better than, you know, yeah, it doesn't make the, sense. what like, we've had lately. They have 
two captains and then they pick their teams like yeah it, it, it's always lebron and like durant it's never anyone else yeah it's like, never anyone else like at least if you were to do that change it up like have or do one where the rookies draft that would be cool oh yeah but east versus west might make a comeback and I, I, i'm excited for east versus west i was always used to that format so i feel like that format just works better yeah, you saw you saw better games that way too. Um, they put more effort into those games as well. Nowadays, it's just more of a circus show, basically. Yeah, like, he he reiterated like about the game. He didn't say much because he he actually said that there was changes coming to All Star Weekend this year. Yeah. So there could be more changes that we're not hearing about yet. Right. That they're still trying to go over and figure out. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. I know it, it. even like the three-point and the dunk competition haven't been the same either. Oh, like all of it's kind of yeah. been dunk contest more luster than it's for been. a while. Yeah, for, for a good while. Yeah. I like the three-point shooter, though. That was always entertaining. Yeah, I always enjoy the three-point shootout. Something that I, I do enjoy, uh, you know, something that, doesn't need to be changed and that was the the format of the all-star game that was great east versus west you know yeah 90s rap battles you know east west you know? <laughs> east coast west coast uh, <laughs> you know speaking of east ufc 294 happens far east this weekend oh yeah so i know we talked about it a while back about uh this matchup between olvera and uh Islam. Yeah, and then I brought up how, you know, uh, last week we talked about what, what happened, how there's some changes, but I wanted Mike to reiterate those changes and give us his input because we didn't really get much last last episode. So a rematch is happening, but it's going to be a different rematch. It's going to be against Volkanovski versus Islam. Makahatsakafacha. Makashev, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, it's a great matchup. Uh, I think this matchup's uh, much more exciting, even though I wanted to see Olvera fight. It was cool to see that uh, Volkanovski and Makachev was uh, kind of fast-tracked because they were already kind of looking to face each other soon. So yeah, Volk for won- part two. Volk wanted the rematch. Uh, yeah. And he, as soon as they offered him, I knew they were going to do it. It was like, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Volk versus Islam, in my opinion, was probably a better fight than Olvera and Islam. Uh, Volk gave Islam the hardest fight of his career, in which Volk arguably could have won the fight. It was uh, a bit even, uh, close fight. They usually, you know, nodded to the champ. So Volk showed every everyone Islam was human and made him look bad from time to time. Uh, I feel like this uh, short notice it might prove beneficial to Volk. He does look fresh. I saw the weigh-ins. Uh, they did the weigh-ins today, oh, okay. and he looked what was good. That, like this morning. Yeah, because they're in Abu Dhabi, yeah. so things are different, I guess, yeah, at the time. So they did the weigh-ins today. Uh, Volk, championship weight, 154.5. He looks fresh. Doesn't look drained. I know he lost a lot of weight in a little bit about time, but he looks good. He looks really good. Islam came out. He looks kind of drained. Uh, you know, he looks like he he uh, had to dra- drain a lot to get, to get that weight. He made weight, championship weight, 155 on mm-hmm. the dot. But he just doesn't look like he's the fresher guy. Volk looks like he's good. He's good to go. 
but I know how you know Wayne go. But I mean, you think about day. like Volk being called last minute. You don't think there's something that he might be not prepared for? Yeah. I like mean, Makachev has been expecting to fight, so he's been training. Volkanovski, I don't think he had a fight coming up, right? He was gonna fight Toporia, but I don't know when that was gonna happen. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, I don't think they. The camp. The, he didn't have a camp yet for that fight, unless he was about to go into that camp. But Islam had a camp. Volk didn't have a camp. Uh, that could prove, you know, the difference. But I don't see Volkanovski losing bad mm-hmm. if he does lose. He's he's a hell of a fighter. He's champ for the re- for a reason. I think he's going to give Islam a run for his money. And if he beats him on 12 days notice, that's even more, you know, more power to him. Uh, you know, it, we've seen it happen where they take short, short notice fights and they win. We've yeah. seen it happen a lot in the UFC. It happens. Diaz did to McGregor. Um, that's just one of the uh, examples that I, I always think of when, when I think of that. Cause that's one of the highest profile fights ever that happened where Diaz just came off the couch 10 days notice and just, yeah. Just whoop McGregor real quick. Well, there was also another change in the card. Can All you right. catch up on that one? Yes, I can. Uh, so, Paulo Costa is out. Uh, he's officially out, and he is Damn injured, dog. officially injured. Dana White is saying that this is a real injury. He's not pulling out because mm-hmm. he's scared, blah, 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 right? He had surgery, no? Yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but I know it's uh, it was enough to make him pull out of the fight. Yeah. And as far as who will, will be fighting Hazmat next... Kamara Usman, former welterweight champion for a long time. I, I'm excited for that. I like is, Usman. Yeah, he is coming, and he's going to step up to the middleweight division and take on Hazmat for this first fight. I got I got Usman winning. If if he can nullify the wrestling of Hazmat, uh, I feel like he can beat him on the, mm-hmm. on the striking. But if Hazmat controls him on the ground... Then he'll not, probably definitely going to go to the mat. He always goes to the mat. So, because uh, Usman is getting older, he might have lost a couple steps to his speed. But that's I, true too. I feel he's still a veteran in the game, and he'll he'll make sure that his game plan will be implemented on Hazmat. I like Usman in this fight because he is well coached. He has a great striking coach. The uh, game plan is always on point for him. He needs to showcase his his uh, his vet skills yeah hazmat it doesn't have a lot of experience in ufc so he needs to utilize all these skills he'll definitely uh, make it known that he's here if he does defeat usman so so yeah we do have dana white confirming that the winner of the hazman and usman fight will fight strickland for the Mm -hmm. for the title next yep and i love strickland too so it's gonna be a good fight i i see usman winning i i see him but the way they're pushing Hazmat, I'm not. I won't be surprised if he takes the W either. I just feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a win good one. for everyone, a win for the fans, a win for Dana White's pockets. It's just gonna be a good <laughs> fight, and I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be on uh, tomorrow. Uh, it it is in Abu Dhabi, so that time it's will like be a little w- different. One right? I'm not sure. I just know the time is usually seven, eight for UFC pay per views, but it's not gonna be the case because they're yeah, in Abu I think Dhabi. It's like around one or t- noon. Yeah, so it's going to be a little earlier than usual, so just keep track on that time. Don't miss at the fights. It's going to be a great card. Um, what hope- is a, a sleeper matchup you you think is on this card? Uh, well, you got to look at the, the the one before this. is the uh, Mata Medoff and um, Johnny Walker for uh, light heavyweight contention mm-hmm. for the possible title match next. Yeah. 
that's a good matchup right there that people are probably not really looking into because of these two top matches going on. This, yeah, so it kind of lo- got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, Johnny Walker is a he's known striker, known knockout artist. Makamedov is a he's a known uh, wrestler, powerful, just uh, just runs through people. Um, we'll see what happens at light heavyweight because it's basically almost the same as heavyweight, where one shot can just change the game and end the fight. So that's a good fight. I'm looking forward to seeing. It is a good matchup before these two other matchups to watch. Uh, to keep you entertained before the yeah. uh, co-main and main. So it's going to be a great card. Tune in. Um, just try not to bet a lot of money because, you know, it might backfire. So. <laughs> what? You speak from experience, huh? Anyway. So like, yeah. uh, since we're talking about wrestlers, though, uh, former WCW wrestler Sting has announced his retirement claiming that his last match will take place at AEW's Revolution pay-per-view in 2024. Who would be your ideal opponent for a Sting send-off? I, li- I like how you introduced him. Like, you didn't even want to say he's from AEW. Like, <laughs> I mean, former WCW uh, Sting. More people are going to know him from WCW. Don't even Not everybody about. knows AEW. So. AEW superstar Sting. No, I'm just playing. That does sound kind of dumb. <laughs> uh, so this is this is kind of hard. I don't know who Sting would have for his well, uh, send off match. Maybe someone else that's going to retire as well. But when you think about it, a lot of people that I want Sting to face is they're in WWE. So you know it's kind of hard to make those kind of matches. And then if you want somebody who's going to retire soon, it's like it's hard to pick. Pick Ric Flair, dude. Just get it over. <laughs> Ric Flair, he'll do it. I don't know. Uh, last time I remember, Ric Flair isn't even following Andrade anymore, and and so did Charlotte. She stopped following him, and they're they're they were married from oh. what I remember. Oh, but you know, Andrade is over there in AEW. Maybe Rick won't want to be there because of that. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe Sting could, I guess, give him edge. I don't know, dude. Oh wait, wait. Adam, Adam, Cope. Adam Copeland, Cope, Adam Copeland, Cope, Cope, Copeland. Well, I don't know. It's it's weird. Uh, I don't know who they're gonna give him because there's really not a lot that's of people that's the only deserve. one I could think of that's on the roster. Like you said, Adam Copeland because that's one of the guys that's never faced him. He should just go against Darby Allen. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he did the honors for Darby at the end. Well, well I mean, what do you think? Do you have anyone in mind? There's really uh, no one. There's really no one there that I, I would like to see face again, uh, face Sting. But, I mean, I guess if I had to choose, it would have to be Adam Copeland. It would have to be. There's no one else, really. I mean, everyone that Sting's face, they're already retired. So, yeah, yeah, it would be nice to see like a, a callback to his career to where, you know, he faces off against a, a good rival, like you said, Rick. Um, I don't see them bringing in Rick Steam, Flair, though. Steamboat, then. Yeah, but I don't see them bringing in Steamboat, either. They got to focus on, on booking in general, anyway. You're like, yeah, okay. They're never going to do that, Chris, so... <laughs> Steamboat's been on the show before. Might as well put him on there. 
Well, anyway, we'll move on to some uh, WWE stuff as a former AEW TBS champion, Jade Cargill. She uh, showed up, well, she showed up at every brand this past week. Um, Last one being NXT. So we'll see if she shows up at, at SmackDown today and ends up making her decision because on NXT, after Lyra Valkyria was looking at a picture of her and Becky when she was younger, because they're telling that whole story, because Lyra's gonna go against Becky for the title at uh, oh, Halloween Havoc next week. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, at the end of that, they showed Jade pop up on the TV, look at her watch, or her lack thereof watch, much like CM Punk, and say it's clobbering time. But. <laughs> She ended up, you know, saying, you know, it's time, basically, and I guess we'll see what happens. I'm thinking she's going to end up on SmackDown. Maybe. Probably. I don't think they... Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they need someone on SmackDown. It looking kind of... They need more women uh, on there. I, I don't feel like they're utilizing EO that much and Charlotte's trash. If, they were, if she were to go to SmackDown, you'd think she's going to be... Uh, in title contention, going up against EO? It, yeah. I don't know how... You're going to be I, upset about that. I don't think... She's not... She's not going to start at, like, the bottom. She's too good, like, mm-hmm. as far as, like, drawing in and all that. Star looks, yeah. charisma, Star all that. Power, she just draw. has that look that you can't put her in yeah, a match she, she without... even carries herself like a star that's what's what's so i feel like alluring about her is she actually carries herself like a star instead of you know some of these wrestlers that just seem goofy yeah it, it's she's main event material from day one that she's gotten there and it's that's the truth it's the truth so if she's going to be on SmackDown, she's going to be in title contention already. Wherever she's going to be at title contention, she probably, I, I would like to see her face Bianca Belair. That would be a great matchup mm-hmm. to, to start things off. Uh, Rhea, man. Yeah, but I feel Rhea like... it would be a nice one. She, her against people like Becky, you know... Uh, yeah. No, we can't have that. I, I say they, they do the whole Bianca thing, like you were saying. I know I, I heard little clamoring and the rumors that uh bianca might be returning soon yeah so that would be nice to see i like i said i would like to see Rhea, but i i think they should let that one simmer for a little bit let yeah. it cook yeah Rhea still bring with it to Rhea still with uh with the other chick i forgot her name rodriguez yeah raquel yeah she there she's still doing stuff with her so yeah they just d- recently uh, re-met up and started fighting so we'll see what happens because yeah. uh, Raquel's been gone with that whole Naya thing oh yeah Naya oh, you know speaking of which I don't even remember if I saw her this week we'll find out yeah. Um, on top of that and talking about WWE and yee yee uh, Judgment Day regained the titles on Raw with some help from Jimmy Uso after he gave his brother Jay, main event Jay Uso, just a me. super kick. Just me, dude. <laughs> How do you feel about the titles being dropped so soon after Cody and and Jay just won them? I feel like uh, it, it, it was, it was going to happen. 
I don't, I don't see Cody and, and Jay having those titles. They don't, the titles don't make them. They don't need the titles. Well, when we talked about it before, we didn't even want them to have the titles. Yeah. And then it ended up happening anyway. It's just a way for them to keep with the bloodline still. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it was still a way to accomplish that stare off that him and Roman had. Yep. And, you know, just to further the bloodline storyline, also furthering things like the whole thing with McIntyre yep. and Sami Zayn where they're not digging Jay and right. things are kind of going, getting hectic around there. So they they still, even though, you know, I didn't agree with them dropping the titles or the Judgment Day dropping the titles to Jay and Cody, it still accomplished a lot in furthering a lot of the story. Yeah, it's, it's a long-term story. I don't know if AEW knows that how to do that but WWE is doing that they've been doing that thanks uh, Triple H for making that happen dude did you see the Triple H H and when Nick Aldis and and Dom was in the ring that was hilarious oh yeah (laughs) yeah it was funny that's funny it was cool to see Trips out there again it it had been a a little minute yeah he's still playing still good yeah Um, you know Speaking of secondary companies, as Triple H would say, <laughs> uh, NWA has found a TV deal. We we brought it up last week. What? Uh, Billy Corgan said that he couldn't reiterate just yet, but it, it was with one of the top 20 networks. And that network became uh, was actually the CW, which is currently airing WOW, Women of Wrestling. Oh, they got on there? Yeah, so the two TV deals with CW for is for NWA Power and apparently a reality series that everybody's thinking is going to be like a behind-the-scenes type thing. That's nice. This news comes after a recent announcement, too, that NWA will be returning to the old territory system. EC3's Exodus Pro Wrestling was revealed to be the first affiliate of the new system, which is known to, will be known as NWA Exodus Pro Midwest. There's speculation on what the territory that the territories will be featured on NWA's YouTube channel, but there is no definite word just yet. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I haven't really ch- tuned in to NWA, but you know, more wrestling on I on remember TV is better. You, you did tune in for a while there when it was big on youtube oh, a couple Cam- of times but C- camille man she my girl oh i know man camille's camille's awesome i don't see why she's not uh in wwe yet she'll i feel like there. that's that's the kind of woman they're looking for but yeah like you said she'll get there she'll get there she i can go there if you wanted to right now i enjoy the whole nwa thing and how they brought it back and it was it was doing well in the beginning but i kind of lost track they moved to fight for a little bit to where you had to pay to see it. So then I kind of yeah. stopped watching because I was watching on YouTube. Right. But now that they're on TV, I'll probably watch more often. So it's good for them to finally get a TV deal. And um, I guess returning to the old territory system, we'll see how what that entails. I yeah. mean, they only have one company with them now. So let's see who ends up coming over and getting into that territory system it makes me wonder how the championships are going to be handled in that kind of territory system because back in the day you go to another territory and you still 
the NWA champ still defended the 10 pounds of gold. So we'll see where that goes. Sounds good. Anyway, other than that, I think that's all we have for today. It's going to be crazy. Y'all better tune in for those games tonight, for the MLB. Tune in for the UFC tomorrow. We'll talk about it all again next week. And tune in next week for a Spider-Man 2 review as I'm waiting for my physical copy today. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah. As always, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Radio Public, CastBox, amongst others. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope to talk to you guys soon. You got anything else to say, Mike? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I just want to say, you know, I, I, if, uh, you know, y'all are looking forward to for me next, last week and I wasn't there, I'm sorry, I'm, but I'm back now. Yeah, he uh, sucks. I, I had to have some things to take care of, and I'm back now, and I'll be back next week as well. Uh, I, we I, we just love all the feedback we get from y'all, and y'all just keep tuning in. Let us know what else we can uh, do, if we can make things better, make things different, just, you know, talk to us like he said make sure to tune in next week and for cp sports i'm chris and i'm mike i hope y'all have a wonderful weekend and a good friday later later